Testament lesson comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. This is chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. Listen for God's word to you today. Jesus was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will God not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. O Holy Spirit, our light and guardian, we pray and ask that you would help us know clearly what your will is for us for us as individuals, and for us as a church. Help us to hear your voice in scripture and then to act upon it. I humbly ask that you would use my words and preparations to bring your ancient words of scripture alive for us today. Amen. But it's stewardship season. But still, 
Don't worry. Be happy. But I don't like talking about money. But still, don't worry. Be happy. Because really, that's what's right here in the scripture today. Don't worry. Be happy. I had never realized that the, um, the, this line that I've heard in stewardship season, no one can serve two masters, for one will uh, hate the one and love the other, and you cannot serve God and wealth, leads straight into this passage about don't worry, be happy. I have to say that this section of scripture is familiar to me because I was a pretty anxious teenager. I think I've said before I was that type A, I'm going to take five AP classes and be on the varsity basketball team and raise a guide dog and be the president of 4-H and still like sleep, um, which didn't happen. And so um, this passage of Matthew 6, 34, don't worry about tomorrow was reassuring that God didn't want me to be worried. But I also found it just, it didn't work. You can't walk up to somebody and say, oh, don't worry. And like, all of a sudden they're not worried anymore. I don't know, I've tried that. It doesn't work for me. Does that work for any of you? And so I'm not sure that this passage is about not worrying at all and just being happy. But instead, it's about where we put our focus. So I want to shift this from worry to focus. Another shift I want to make in this passage from this sermon, I'm taking from Reverend Teresa, who was here last week, where instead of looking at this passage as an individual who is worried, I wonder if we can make this a message to the community, to the all y'all, to the church even, that you plural message that we in the United States get overly individualistic as we think about what applies to me when really we might be looking at what applies to us. And so if I think about churches, any churches worried around here? It's no secret. Many congregations are worried and anxious and fretful. After all, we are in a cultural season in the United States of a trend of less religiosity. It's affecting Presbyterian churches, California, and across the country. It's affecting the Methodists. It's affecting the Episcopalians, the Catholics, and the Evangelicals. The trend is clear, and it's all downhill. And so today, whoops, there we go. Um, churches are dying and they are like closing. I was at a council meeting at the Presbytery this week where we were talking about what, what, would, what does more tent making and part-time ministry look at because the trend doesn't look like it's reversing any time soon. We worry about our attendance. Anybody recognize this? <laughs> I, was, I, I pulled it down this morning so I could use it for, for show and tell today, and the ushers were like, where's the attendance board, right? How many of the rest of you noticed it wasn't there? 
Yeah, okay, yeah. See, the usher people are noticing it wasn't there. We count every week how many people are here, and we let you all know. It's like church scoreboard right here. I'm at least glad it's in the narthex, and it's not like right here. Um, (laughs) Because we look at our attendance as a measure of the life of our church. But here's the thing. Some of those measurements we like to look at, sometimes they're called the ABCs, attendance, building, and cash, are how we like to measure what's going on at church. But do you notice that focusing on the attendance and the numbers leads to more worries about how many empty pews there are? And the more you look at the building, you notice how much deferred maintenance there is. And the more you look at the bank balance, you look at dwindling numbers and you see all the red on the spreadsheet. And it, when you focus on the attendance and the building and the cash, can descend into this vicious spiral of worry. It's worry on top of concern, on top of fear. Jad Edmondson, who is the associate exec of the Presbytery of Chicago and also became the co-moderator of the 222nd General Assembly of the PCUSA, challenged churches at a conference a few years ago. She said this, if a congregation is focused on those ABCs, attendance, building, and cash, then that church is dying. There are no exceptions. But like I said, I think that this passage is about where we focus our worries. So I have taken the liberty to creatively rewrite this scripture passage that might speak to the church about church worries. O church, no one can serve two masters, For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and attendance, buildings, and cash. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about the future life and survival of the church. How many people will come, what it takes to maintain the building, or what the bottom line is 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 not the life of the church more than attendance buildings and cash look at the birds look at nature they aren't worried about the future yet god cares for them isn't the church of more value than the birds and can any of you pastors, leadership of the church by worrying ensure that the church will last another 100 years? Consider nature. Look at the lilies and the flowers, how they grow. They don't work at it. They are. And they are beautiful. So if God is nurturing lilies and grass which are alive today and yet will fade Tomorrow, don't you believe God will care about you, dear church? O church of little faith. 
Therefore, do not worry about the ABCs, asking, where are the young families? How will we keep the roof from falling in? Or how much liquid reserve is in the bank? For it is businesses who worry about these things. And they are worldly concerns. And indeed, God knows that a church needs some things. God knows what the church needs to be alive. But strive first, work and worry and strive first for the kingdom of God. Strive first for God's way in the world. Strive first for God's justice and for love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of the world. Then what you need to be church will come along to you as well as a gift. So do not worry, O church, about the future of the church. Be the church today. Be faithful today. And let tomorrow be tomorrow. The message translation by Eugene Peterson does for verse 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Amen. Paying attention to what God is doing right now. God is alive and moving. So what if, church, we focus on seeing where God is leading? If we as a community are more about pursuing God's vision for the world and letting the rest fall into place. Doesn't it sound nice? It sounds a little theoretical, doesn't it, though? But have you heard of the Oakland Peace Center? Anybody heard of this? It's housed in the building of the First Christian Church of Oakland. Big downtown church. In its heyday, there were 1,500 members. They had the money and resources to commission the architect, W.H. Weeks, to build a beautiful building in 1929. It's that Spanish style with a multicolored tiled work and a white tower. There are 11 stunning stained glass windows. But as you and I know, Oakland changed. And that heyday of that town shifted and so did the people attending. Oakland, like Vallejo, has struggled. And in all of those shifts, by the end of 2006, that church that once had had 1,500 members was down to 20. The building was too big for the members. I mean, even with the volunteer work of the men's fellowship, it was overwhelming to maintain. They were dying. With 15 people and their current pastor, Reverend Yah, they had a visioning retreat to discuss the congregational identity. What they noticed is that at the time of their retreat, 
the first Christian church members were praying, you know, those prayers of the people, they're praying every week for their neighbors in prison or to those lost or affected by violence in the neighborhood. The issues of violence and peace were not an abstraction, and, and the church felt like it, time was right to assess the role of the congregation's mission. And so these 15 participants discussed how the church might serve as a hub or an incubator of peace, like a space that peace might start and then radiate out into the community. And they said, well, what, what if, what if we could have this Oakland Peace Center and invite in nonprofits who shared our vision and our goals the goals to nurture tranquility and peace for all generations in a world of chaos and violence, to create a sense of family and a profoundly disconnected culture, to shape opportunities to experience the Holy Spirit in our community and in the world. And they decided that that vision would take place in their building. Oakland was shifting again, and in that gentrification, rents were going up, nonprofits were getting driven out, and that uh, office rents could be as high as $50 a square foot. But instead of turning around and charging these nonprofits, you know, 25 cut rate, they charged the nonprofits that were about peace only $1 a square foot. It took a couple more years, but they founded the center in 2012 with 25 peace partners on board. And then three years ago, the congregation was able to place the building in trust with the Disciples Home Mission, part of their denominational structure, who's now working to take on the lease of the building and the land of the center while guaranteeing the congregation still has a place to worship. They now have a new pastor that they were able to hire because they had enough resources to do that. And that person is also working at one of the nonprofits that is in the building. The current pastor says this about their member, uh, their, they have a church of 20 members ranging in age from 24 to 90. Despite the small size, the congregation is seeking to make a difference, she said. They are forward-leaning, risk-taking individuals still finding justice issues to work on. It is a joy to minister with them. And so now this church that looked like it was dying has free books in the front. There's a huge bulletin board of volunteer opportunities and scheduled events. They've done moving screenings. There's a drumming circle that meets there. There are common meals and music programs and plays. And when they call out to have a work day, many different people show up to help work on the aging building. Today, there are over 40 nonprofit organizations in that space. So now, a congregation that sometimes numbers as low as six 
on worship on Sunday, is in many ways responsible for nurturing and caring for over 86,000 people in the Oakland area, having greater access to peace. The pastor says the reason is that thanks to their willingness to collaborate and to listen to the needs of the community and to check their fears and ego at the door in order to let the work happen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and other things will be added to you as well. That's a faithful church. They didn't just stop worrying. It wasn't don't worry, be happy. But they stopped worrying about their own survival and started worrying about what God was worried about in their neighborhood. They didn't worry about their attendance and the buildings and the cash. They worried about the violence in their neighborhood and started to put their energies there. So what about us, dear church? How is CPC seeking first the kingdom of God, of God's ways and needs in Vallejo? What do you think God is worried about right here and right now? If we paid attention to what God was worried about and God's vision and did more of that, do we trust that the other things will fall into place as well? And can we, too, check our fears and ego at the door in order to let that work happen, to let go of worrying about the A's of attendance and the B's of the building and the C's of the cash, and instead to seek first the kingdom of God? You ready? Let's go. Thanks, B. You have been listening to Community Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Community Presbyterian Church and its ministries, come visit us at 2800 Georgia Street in Vallejo, California, or visit our website, cpcvallejo.org. You can also email us at cpcvallejo at sbcglobal.net. Have a blessed day.